When you start taking your sales training a little bit more seriously, there is one thing that you're going to learn. And that is going to be one thing that you will hear across different climes, across different industries and across different times. So it doesn't matter whether you read sales books from the 1930s or some of the gurus that I've mentioned on this podcast, like Cardone and uh, Tracy and Hopkins, you know, people who have been active since the 70s and 80s. And even if you're going to listen to much more modern people or higher um, sales consultants to come and check you out, there's one thing, one advice that you're going to get across board, and that is one way to improve your sales is to do what you say you will do. Because there's this idea in classical um, sales, uh, in classical sales circle, that the consummate um, salesman is someone who keeps his promises. Because to be successful in sales, people have to be able to trust you and you need to have this air of trust about you. It's important, especially when you're looking at making money over the long tail. And by that, I mean getting repeat business and getting referrals. So getting people to come back again and getting people to bring their friends, their family and their associates. Now, that is something that is going to be very difficult to do if you haven't cultivated an air of trust about you. And if you're one of those folks who says good morning and people have to check their wristwatch, then it's going to have a negative effect on the level of business that you're going to be able to bring in. So we ought to learn, especially in the wedding and the event industry space, since ours is a very people-oriented business, we especially have to be able to do whatever it is that we say we are going to do. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this today is because I was at a pre-wedding shoot um, yesterday and the wedding planner... Um, while she was looking for other vendors, she hit me up for some recommendations. And so I sent her a number of uh, two of my guys and she had a chat with them. The couple had a chat with them as well, but she didn't end up selecting either of them, the two people that I sent, um, because um, it was uh, beyond their budget. So they went for this other guy instead, who not only reduced the price, but he promised a couple of other things, you know, a few add-ons. And so they found his offering to be a lot more valuable. Now, one of the things that this guy promised was that he was going to show up at the pre-wedding shoot so that he could take a few clips and um, so that they could form part of the wedding video um, at the end of the day. Now, noted, he said he was only going to be there to take a few clips. So I don't think the clients were expecting for him to invest um, all his time at the evening while I was there. So I don't think that's what they expected. And to be fair to this um, uh, photographer, sorry, videographer, to be fair to him, things did run behind schedule really badly. So initially we were scheduled to start the session at 4 and then um, the bride had some personal family difficulties to deal with and it was a real accident. I'm not going to go into uh, details, but bottom line is you're getting ready for a pre-wedding shoot and then if an accident happens, it kind of trumps everything. So the planner did the uh, decent thing, call all of us and say, look, this is what has happened. Uh, the shoot is still going to hold today, 
because luckily there was no loss of life involved but the bride needs to be there to sort out one or two things and you know like i know Allah, that's that's cool so that's the first call that we had earlier in the day and then later on the wedding planner called back uh, to say that well yeah the issues have been resolved but then these and these are these are the issues that we uh, came up with later on because of um, the scheduling conflict you know we now have an issue with the uh, timing with the makeup artist and with dress alterations and stuff like that so eventually the time started sliding back and behind and behind and the shoot started at um eight yeah at about 8 p.m in the evening now this was, was supposed to have started at four but we ended up shooting at eight so to be fair to the video, uh, the videographer um this was a significant change in what he probably budgeted for he budgeted for four and i'm sure he made some other commitments to his time whether business commitments or personal commitments and so he probably figured that he'll be there at four and then he can cut out by six or maybe seven max so um i on the other hand um especially since um, I have um, kids, I prefer to make much more long-standing um, plans for these sorts of things. So if I have a shoot, it doesn't matter if the shoot is going to start at 4 or at 8. I've typically made arrangements for childcare to last throughout the whole day. Especially at times like this when um, my wife's patience happens to not be around. So I had made commitments. So I accept that I kind of had more flexibility um, on my own end since I had made um, plans for these sorts of things for disruptions so the shoot starts and um, at that point they start asking where is so 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 and so and uh, it was then that I figured I kind of pieced it together what the guy did to win the deal that he not only cut down the price but he promised this um, add-on and then all of a sudden um, this guy wasn't answering his messages anymore and uh, we had lots of looks to try out and so the shooting went all the way up till midnight but bottom line is from eight o'clock up until um midnight this guy was um was incognito you know he didn't answer his phone and uh that was it and of course i'm sure the couple were pissed and so was the wedding planner because she had given them the impression that there was going to be a videographer along and i'm sure they were looking forward to the uh the fanfare and the paparazzi treatments that we photographers and videographers give our clients because there's a way and there's a certain atmosphere that we help build you know when we show up and then it kind of livens up the, the place you know lights flashing you're on video kind of loosen things up so would have been nice but anyway like i mentioned there were lots of extenuating circumstances so i'm sure that we can't blame this uh, video guy 100 percent for what it is that happened but like i mentioned at the recording before whenever things happen there's a very professional way to get in touch and to reschedule in this case rescheduling i think would have been out of the um, question uh, because you can't reschedule the shoot per se because i've showed up i've done my bit and i've left but there's a way that you can communicate with the clients and the planner um, professionally so that um, we can seek redress where things have gone wrong and we can smoothen up the relationship so there's an opportunity for future business. Because I'm sure that this videographer meant well, but I won't be surprised if either the <coughs> excuse me, if either the bride or the groom thinks that this video guy is a fraud. He came, he lowered the price, he promised us the moon, and he didn't even show up. 
And then on a side note, one of the reasons why our brides and our grooms are really um, petty about paying us our advances in full is precisely because of this sort of thing. I hear it time and time again. The guy wouldn't have done this rubbish if he hadn't given him his money in full. So, we photographers and videographers in particular, this is something we need to watch out for. And we need to stop these foolish games and be really, really professional about how we handle ourselves. There's no point in promising what it is that we can't deliver. And if we make a genuine promise, but then things happen and we can't deliver upon it, we have to reach out in a very frank, open, communicative way, be professional about it, and let's maintain our reputation and um, security of business for the future and ease of business for the future um, as well. So this whole thing of blanking out, not answering your phone calls, um, it's not its not a good idea. So let's uh, look at this scenario. So let's say I was the videographer um, in question. I'd have had a frank conversation with the uh, wedding planner. Hey, what's up? Um, I'm sorry, but things have really gone beyond what it is I budgeted for. I already took another gig. It's on the other end of town, and there's nobody that I can send to come and cover for me. So how about we do it this way? I'm not going to be there for the shoot, but the couple, they're going to be there. They're going to take off for KD at 10 o'clock tomorrow. So how about I show up um, at the hotel? This is not part of the plan, but let me show up at part of the hotel, and let's have a quick run-through um interview where we have them talk about their relationship and maybe about the um the uh the session the photography session and then i will get some pictures from the photographer and then we'll weave that into the video what do you think how does that sound no the average wedding planner might still be annoyed might still be angry but i think she will say eh, less wrong with it is better than nothing and then you shift your attention now to finessing the wedding photographer, uh, the wedding planner, and finessing the clients, and also finessing the uh, photographer, so they're able to get images, and you can stitch together um, that video, some audio, and then some of the photos. So if I was the video guy, that's how I would have done about it. I would have bit the bullet, but I've answered the phone and said, and I would have said, hey, look, it's it's too late. We budgeted for four, and this is eight. So this is clearly something beyond my control it wasn't my fault but this is what i'm going to do to make amends so that is the much more professional thing to do than to stop answering your phone and to just um uh bone them all together so um okay i guess the long and short of what i've been saying for the last 10 minutes is we need to be able to do what we say we will do don't be that guy who says good morning and then people are checking. Is this morning? Is this afternoon? Is this evening? Don't be that guy who says, ah, no, Wahala, I'm going to be there at 2 p.m. But then people don't see you until 4. And so every time they want to work with you, they have to build that in. So that if the program starts at uh, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, they will tell you a fib that it actually starts at 10. Because they know you're going to be an hour late or an hour and a half late just to get you early. So we have to do what it is that we say we're going to do because if we're not trustworthy, people are not going to use us again. And even if they do, they will be hesitant when it comes to referring us to other people. And that is another um, example that I've had recently because there's one of our family members who wants to get involved in the agric um, space, he wants to do a little bit of um, um, exporting himself. 
and there was one of uh one there was a resource that we had from home one of our tribes people um who was handy but he was one of these people who you know he says by the grace of god friday at eight o'clock in the morning and yeah he says by the grace of god friday 8 a.m but it's not going to get done until next week tuesday at 4 p.m something like that so he will do it just not when he said when he says he will so i figured i'd give this person's um number to this my uh family member who wants to get involved in the trade and i was even hesitant because of our experiences and i spoke to my brother and my brother said you know hell no like don't do that if you send this thing across this guy is going to get terribly burned and we're better off looking for someone who has uh, less experience but who lives up to his commitments so let's look for someone else to hook them up so these are the sorts of things that happen when you don't honor your commitments and you don't do what it is that you say you will do and that is one reason why it is a cardinal rule for improving your sales whether you're consulting with me or whether you are listening to cardone or hopkins or if you're listening to any other guru about there eventually you will get to that point where they will tell you that hey please whatever it is you say you're going to do do if you promise abc promise abc do abc if you can't do it get on the phone quickly be upfront be face to face be open don't let people chase you down and hand you down and to say i know we agreed for abc but due to these circumstances that is not going to be possible anymore this is what i want to do to redress or what would you suggest that we do so that we can redress the situation? So that's a more professional thing to do, especially as a salesperson. And don't forget, we all are salespeople. We're all our salesmen and saleswomen because our job, first and foremost, isn't wedding photography or wedding planning or cake making. It's to find a customer. It's to find market and it's to get people to buy from us. So we're first and foremost business people and salespeople. So thank you very much for listening to the Sales for the Nigerian Wedding Industry podcast. I'm your host, Abuja-based event and wedding photographer, Tavishima Ayede. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.